Welcome to families that stick together, just step right over the random pile of clothes where it looks like all my kids melted, turn right past the pile of papers still out from last month's school project, maybe don't look at the sink, and make yourself at home, friend. This is where our family of six hangs out. It's where our real life happens. Stay long enough to be reminded of what we both already know, that swimming upstream is not without much work and grace, but it does come with friends who are rooting you on just as fiercely as the way you love your strong family. We work together here as friends so we can get to the end knowing we did well. Come along with us to gather together to grow through it all. Welcome friend with your laundry, your running shoes, or your cup of coffee. I can't wait to spend my time with you. And now my mom, who can't see six inches in front of her without her contacts, Jennifer Zumbiel. Imagine managing the busy schedule in a way that leaves you with less guilt and more meaning. Yes, Please, all hands raised on this one. I'm not talking about a new calendar or a full-time Uber driver or a maid or anything else that might help with that busy schedule, but what I am talking about is something free, and it's something that really will get to the heart of what we all need to do. It's an interactive guide. It'll take you through five steps to silence that noise and do something even more important than than that. It's to safeguard your family values. Because let's be real, if we don't know what those are, even if the busy goes away, what's going to hold us together and keep all that we want at the heart of our family strong, right? This guide is simple. It's quick. It's meaningful. We know that you are looking for quality over quantity, just like us. We'll help you get there and feel amazing about it. And one more thing, you know all that ink that you waste when you print things off that's in all those beautiful colors like this download is? Well, guess what? At the very end of the download, we made you a not as pretty but practical low ink printable version. We are always thinking of you. Simply go to togethermoments.com free and download your five steps to less guilt and more meaning and really dig into your busy family schedule and pull out all those family values and focus where you already are. Just make it stronger in a way that fits into your real life. Again, go to togethermoments.com free. One of our top episodes with families that stick together that gets listened to all the time is episode four with April Whiting called Bravery, Screen, Detox, and More. Since it's one of our most listened to, I'm guessing if you've been a Families That Stick Together follower, you have listened to that one. And if you did, you will remember that part of April's story is she started to declutter her house. She was sick of all the toys everywhere, the Nerf guns, the Legos. I think she specifically says those. And she started getting rid of all of them. And she bought her kids iPads instead to just play on that and limit the things that came into the house. And in her mind, she thought she was doing something really good for her family because it was minimizing the stuff, right? But what she ended up discovering was that it made them completely dependent on these screens and it completely changed the dynamic of her family and she was not happy with it and I'll let you go listen to the episode to see what happened but basically she does a whole screen detox and 
you know, when I think of that, part of us can totally relate and think, yes, let's get rid of the stuff in our house. And for me, when I think of the stuff, the things that pile up the most here are too many clothes. <laughs> we have three girls, so we have hand-me-down like hand-me-downs like crazy to our third child. And then just the papers, the amount of papers that pile up, it's out of control. And, you know, the random art project that they do that they want to keep and hold on to. And then the, the third thing that really piles up around here is really just the stuff that doesn't get put away. You know what I mean? Like the random headband over here and the 3000 Lego pieces that just, I don't know, magically appeared on the family room floor on top of like a pot or something. I don't know why that end up there. Who knows? But um, for us, the stuff definitely causes some chaos, right? It contributes to that. It contributes to the fact that it, it causes the stress, anxiety. Maybe people yell more. It, it contributes to lost things for sure. It adds more work. All those things that we know extra stuff brings. To go back to April's episode, what happens is she finds out that, you know, that was a big problem. And she ends up bringing all the stuff back into her house, the Nerf guns, the Legos, all that kind of thing. Why? Not because she wanted to add the physical stuff, but because of what that brings to her family, what that adds to her children's playtime. If you listened to last week's episode with Emily Lawson, episode 44, she is the founder and the owner of Sandbox Academy. She talked a lot about independent play. It is not hard to figure out what independent play leads to, what the benefits are, but to highlight what she talked about was it leads to the benefits of problem-solving skills, social-emotional skills, being able to work things out. It builds self-confidence, resilience. Of course, it builds imagination, and all these skills obviously transfer as our children get older. Why am I talking about this? And why did my voice just change? Because I realized I was recording the wrong way and finally figured it out. So anyway, well, if you listen to that episode, you know it was highly focused on preschool activities and that's easy to understand. We all know we would like to direct our children who are young to independent play and that's easy to think of because we think of the character play and the building blocks and things like that. I wanted to take this episode to highlight some things that I think are easy about independent play for our older children. And I'm talking about those tween and teen age years. This is something we cannot overlook. And I, I think we need to focus on this as parents because we are living in an age where we all know our, our older kids are battling the screen addiction and not that they're diagnosed with screen addiction but saying that that's really begging them to pick it up and grab it and and start the scroll and all this and they feel like maybe that's the one thing that they should be quote unquote playing with or whatever so I want to give some quick ideas that I think you can easily implement that won't make your child feel like you are necessarily saying, no, screens are bad, do this. You're not using that as the defensive approach, but you're taking an offensive approach of, hey, I'm going to be proactive and put this into our daily life to make you go to this instead of something else. I think anytime that we can offer a suggestion that doesn't come from us, but just is naturally in our house that our children will go find it, right? Because they live there and they're going to go make that a part of their day. 
I was thinking about our family. My children are ages 13, 11. No, she just turned 12, (laughs) 9, and 5. And so surprisingly, they all four play together a lot. I say surprisingly because, you know, 13 to 5 is a big age difference, but they can find a whole lot to do together and have a lot of fun, whether it's outside or inside activities. I was thinking of some things that we set up in our home that naturally pulls them in that direction to be creative and come up with their own independent play activities and not naturally go to I'm bored or can I watch a show. Those things absolutely happen in our house. My children will certainly say they're bored, they have nothing to play with, or all I want to do is watch TV, can I just watch TV, and then it's the constant, nope, go find something to do, right? So as I was thinking of what makes my kids be okay with being bored or be okay with not watching TV, I thought of eight things that are part of our everyday that might be easy to implement in your home or probably already there. And maybe you can focus more on that if you're having a hard time drawing your kids away from the screens or just trying to find something to do. All right, so number one is definitely going to be screen time limits. I mean, you have to have those. You can't just expect your kids to not go to the screen. It is very tempting. And when you see that they're using it over and over and it is drawing them in, they're feeling like, oh my gosh, I just spent 30 minutes looking at craft videos, which in itself is that bad? No, but I always say to my kids, I I will show them in that moment like how long have you been looking at this and they'll tell me and I say uh, we always use the term rabbit hole around here and I'll say do you see how that just became a huge rabbit hole for you and they know it so I say just avoid the temptation don't pick it up and enter that there was no reason you needed to look up a craft right now you already know what crafts to do So I think addressing that in the moment and showing them and not yelling at them, but just making it a teachable moment, they figure it out. They know exactly how that becomes a rabbit hole. So that's one way to have screen limits. Just talk about it enough that they impose their own screen limits on themselves. Another easy way is don't let the screens in the bedroom. If you don't want them going down the rabbit hole, don't let them put the iPad in there. Don't have a television in there. Don't let them take their phone. Have them use their phone in a common area or whatever it might be. Have a charging station. Andrea Davis from Better Screen Time, she was on episode 16. She always has the best tips that fit into your real family. They're not difficult. It just takes, of course, a little intention, but it works. One thing we do for our television is I have a sign. It's a folded piece of paper, nothing fancy. It's written in a marker (laughs) on one side closed and on the other side open. And I will hang that on the TV maybe in the morning when I know they'll wake up and want to go straight to the television. And if they know it says closed, there's no, there might be an argument, but they know not to do the argument. And they know to go find something else immediately and they will. I think screen limit talks have to happen often, regularly, all the time, whatever it might be in your family. I just think it's something that always need to be needs to be revisited because our kids are growing older and things change and there might be different seasons where they need the screen more for whatever reason. I think the bottom line about screen limits is if we are focused on making sure that we are trying to have set rules in our family, keep our family strong, know what our family stands for, then we have to take a stand on the screen limits and say, 
No, it's okay. Say no over and over. It doesn't matter if they're mad at you. We have to get over that and make sure we set those limits. But the next part of this episode is just going to give you seven different ideas that work into our life. So I think the screen limit thing doesn't actually become such a negative thing in our household because we have these alternatives for the screen that are already set in place, already a part of our family culture and our lifestyle. So you know, eventually it really might become a non-issue for you because they don't even go to that first. So after screen limit, screen time limits, the next thing I'd say is encourage a hobby with you. If we can expose our children to a hobby that we like, there are so many benefits that you all know about. You're going to get that one-on-one time with your child or one-on-two time or three time, however many people come to you and your family to work with you on that hobby. You're exposing them to something that you enjoy, which leads to more conversation. They get to know you better. You get to know them better. They get to see if it's something they enjoy as well. The hope would be that this becomes something you share together, but they really enjoy it a lot that they go off and do it by themselves even when you're not a part of it. So it's part of that independent play, if you want to say, that they will choose without being told because they just start really understanding it and enjoying it. I'll give you a couple examples. I just did an interview with Kimberly Amici. She will be our guest next week on the podcast. She's fantastic. You can go follow her ahead of time if you want. Her Instagram account is build your best family. But she was talking about her son and her husband who her son is also her youngest child. He's 14 right now. And she was talking about how over the last year, they've really enjoyed cycling together and they go miles and miles. She said one of the longest rides they did together was 60 miles, which is so impressive to me. I I just would love to sit down and interview them about that experience. That's so crazy to me. I, I, I really admire anyone who can train themselves and put themselves through that much pain and discipline just to reach a goal. That's so cool to me. But anyway, she was talking about how her husband has been a cycler for a while, but her son had never done that. And he started joining his dad on bike rides. And now it's the thing that they love to do. And he will go out by himself and do it. And it's just that simple exposure of bringing them into something you love to do that you think that they will enjoy as well. And then, you know, they embrace it and it becomes their own in their own way. And they love doing it. Or transfers into another activity that they find they they really love or in that sense maybe he's going to push himself to be a runner or something because he really loves that training side of things an example that we have in our own family is you guys have heard me talk about my dollhouse I I don't know if I've talked about it on here much, but definitely on my Instagram posts and my stories. I have a dollhouse that I've been working on. It's one of those from Hobby Lobby where it's in a million pieces and you have to put it together from scratch. It's awesome. I love doing it. I got it because I saw someone who had it when I was a teenager. I visited her house and this woman had built one. It was beautiful. And I thought one day I'm going to get one. And if I have daughters, I, I will love to do that with them. I'm going to plan to make that a hobby. And it's funny because Nathan is the one of all my kids who always says, let's go to the dollhouse. But one of my daughters in particular will go down there and she loves reading the directions and figuring out how to set it up and gluing it and holding it and figuring out how to tape all the pieces to make them stay up while the glue is drying or whatever it might be. And It has been a hobby that's really brought us together. Do we have all these deep connecting moments when we're down there? No, we're trying to figure out a dollhouse, but it bonds us. And this daughter in particular, she likes to build things and figure things out. So 
hopefully this opens up her mind to do other things and maybe she'll want to ask for her own kit for something. Maybe she'll not build a dollhouse, but she'll build something else that fits into her interests a little more. I think anytime we can invite our child into a hobby with ourselves, it opens the door to so much goodness. The third point is let them have the toy. If your child is asking for I don't know, a toy that you think they're too old for or they have too many of or whatever. Really, before you say no, think about why they are asking for that. Is it because they actually use this toy all the time? Is it because they saw it at a friend's house and they want to do it? Before we say no to our children for the things that we don't want more of in the house, I think we really need to analyze it a little more. There have definitely been toy asks in our house for birthdays or Christmas where I think that's ridiculous you're too old for this but then I step back and I think oh my gosh you really want to play with that okay I'd rather you play with that than plop yourself on the couch to watch a tv show yes there is certainly a point where we have to say no you have too much stuff play with what you already have I haven't seen you play with that one in years pull that back out whatever it might be but maybe then it's where we have the conversation we say all right if you want that let's get rid of some of the things you don't play with. I'm happy to get that for you if that will lead to you using your imagination and getting more creative and having problem solving skills or whatever it might be. I think that is what April Whiting was talking about in her episode was that she saw the Nerf guns and the Legos as just clutter and we have too many of this which I definitely see that in my house as well. But if we direct those items to our children in a positive way and they use them, then they are bringing benefit to our family. And they're they're not actually so much of the problem. It's a lot of times with anything in life, you know, changing our perspective. The fourth thing I would say helps with independent play in our older children is make them go outside. Tell them, nope, you've had too much time inside. I want you to go outside. Go for a bike ride around the neighborhood for 10 minutes. Take the dog on a walk. Go for a jog. Go find something to do. I said this in the last episode. Go lay out a couple soccer balls outside, a kickball, and some hula hoops, a jump rope, whatever. Say, go make up a game in the backyard. They will do it. You just have to force them. If they keep pushing back on you, say, nope, let's go out. You're going out. Go. Go play. I mean, again, we're the parent. Make them go out there and do it. This summer, our kids, like yours, spent a whole lot of time at home, not in their normal activities, and they went outside. One day at the beginning of summer, school was out, and I don't even know what started it. They just said, let's build a camp. And they went in our garage and the neighbor's garage and found all kinds of old pieces of wood, which is random. I don't know why people always have like weird pieces of wood in their garage, (laughs) but they do. And we do. And they grabbed that and an old paint and they found AstroTurf and not in my garage. And, um, just, I don't even know what else they found. Pallets. They went outside and they built a whole clubhouse thing. It was awesome. It's still there. It's very cool. I think they ended up spending a total of like 15 hours over two days or something crazy. They used it all summer long. It was very fun for them. And that was simply because we said, nope, you're done inside. Go find something to do. Well, they found something to do and it led to so much imagination and creativity. And because they have that one prop in our backyard, it's led 
led to spy games and hide and seek games and just really fun stuff for them. A fifth great suggestion for helping your child with independent play is telling them to go practice something with a sibling. Have them help the sibling learn how to do a certain skill in soccer. Go have them teach them piano teach them a drawing lesson. If you know that one of your children is good at something and the other one wants to learn, encourage that. Tell them to go together. Set a timer. Make them go do it. And in our house, a lot of times when we ask them to do that, they will embrace that role of being a leader to their younger sibling and even make like a training schedule or make a reward system or something. And it it of course is going to strengthen their relationship and keep them both encouraging one another. And you see all the benefits there. This six point kind of goes off the practice with a sibling. Highlight your child's strength. If you see that they're really good at something, encourage them in that. Always say, wow, I noticed that you really figured that out well. My gosh, you are good at inventing things or I think you're going to be an engineer or something because the more we can suggest those sorts of things to our children it stays forefront in their mind and I think when that opportunity arises they're going to embrace that because they want to show you yeah I am good at this watch me I'll do it again and they keep doing it so encourage your child's strength just naturally in your conversation through the day when you notice them doing something when you notice them interacting with somebody helping around the house engaging in an activity and I bet you'll see that they'll multiply that and do it more and more. How many times have you read a story about something or seen a picture or heard someone share the story and you've been so inspired to try that thing yourself? I'm sure we can all think of that and if you just share a, a cool story with your child that shows someone accomplishing something. Maybe it's the story of a child who did a cool fundraiser or they invented something or they helped their grandma with something or it's just a story about a new recipe to try or a cool craft or whatever it is. If we share these neat stories and we draw our child into experiencing that with us, hey, I wanna show you this or tell you about this, isn't that so cool? and you know that they're already going to be interested in that, that hopefully sparks something so that you can draw back on that, you know, a couple days later and say, oh, why don't you go try that? I know that you could do that just as well or whatever it might be. Last week we had a snow day and we had like five snow days and (laughs) my children, I don't even know what actually inspired them. If they saw a story, saw something on TV, but they went downstairs and they said, we are going to create our own board game. I said, okay, that sounds fun. Go do it. They literally disappeared for three hours, drew this whole board game on a piece of poster board, colored it, wrote all these individual cards. Everyone had a job. They all got along really well. Then they sat and played the board game. I think the whole thing was like a six hour adventure. And it was awesome because it was independent play. I got to get my work done. So that was a win-win. They had so much fun. They worked together. They did problem solving skills. They used their imagination. They had to use social emotional skills when they disagreed. Yes, we all know the benefits that can come out of something like this. But they sat down there. You know, we also have the poster board. We have the markers out. If we can even take it to a next step and have those spaces with fun crafts just waiting out for them, that is not limited to the six and eight-year-old kids. The teenagers will do it too if they just have access and and they want to have fun with it and they feel inspired for whatever reason. And that leads to point eight is set things out, whether it's art supplies or the things in the backyard 
or uh, ingredients to try a new recipe or something that you need help with like, can you make me this banner for Easter or whatever to hang on the mantle or the laundry room's a mess. Can you come up with a solution for organizing it if you have a child that really likes to organize? The possibilities there are endless of what you can set out to help your older child engage in something. And it doesn't always have to be play in the sense of toys. It can be play in, like I just said, organizing something or cleaning something. You know what your child's strengths are. You know what interests them and use that knowledge and take it out and think how they can contribute to your family with it, how they can feel rewarded, how they can feel proud of themselves, how they can know that it pleases you and how they can really work on all those awesome benefits of independent play. I hope that you found something really great in this episode to take to your family or it jogged your memory about something that's worked for you all. I would love to learn from you all, especially you sit on that other side week after week and I don't know all of you, but if you reach out to me, I'd love to put a face with the name, send me an email, tag me in an Instagram story, leave me a DM, whatever it is. I'd love to hear any ideas that you have concerning this episode, something that works in your family and I'll try to tag it and share it with other people in our Together community. Also, if you have ideas for these episodes or people that you think I should interview, please let me know. That is so helpful when you guys tell me exactly who you want to hear from and hopefully I can get them as a guest. And if you have a specific subject area you want to hear more about with your age kiddos or whatever it is, let me know. I want to leave you with two stickers from our Together for Family Dinner Game. These are from our family discussion category, and I think each of these stickers are going to give you so much insight into some ideas for how to lead your children to that independent play or those independent moments for whatever age they are. So these are the two stickers. The first one is, if we were in a family talent show, what would everyone's talent be? So of course, that's going to give you insight into what they think everyone's strength is, and I'm sure it'll lead to some silly, fun conversation, but maybe that'll even lead to you guys putting the talent show on. I don't know what it'll do, but I do know it's going to lead to amazing words being spoken and shared with you all. The second question that I want you guys to go over is also very fun. Let's imagine we won $1 million. Everyone decide what we should do with it. Again, I think that's going to give some great insight into what everyone's immediate thought is, probably some silly things, probably some serious, and hopefully some things you didn't even know your child or your spouse or yourself would consider in this kind of conversation. I definitely understand that sometimes all we have are the small moments, and I think we always need to make them big. Let's get a little more intentional this week with leading our family to grow stronger together and our children to grow stronger independently. And I am here to help give you all the things you need for conversation starters to start way more. You can always order at togethermoments.com and try our Together for Family Dinner, Together for Date Night, and so much more, including our Together for Easter available right now in this season. And we have our physical product for that with our stickers and our digital at-home printable copy. Thank you for taking time to allow me to share with you today, and I will see you back here in a couple days for our Together Armor episode number 47.
If you love what you're gathering through these episodes, please screenshot, tag us, share with friends, and leave a review. It is the best compliment you can give us. It is so encouraging, and together we can help grow stronger families. Be sure to follow us at Together Moments on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a DM. Check out all our incredible games and tools and your free family resources at togethermoments.com. As always, take time to gather, together to grow, and speak the words that matter.